welcome back to Open to Discussion. I'm Gwen. And I'm Aisley. And this week's episode is to dedicated to wrapping up Pride. Well, Pride is all year round, but Pride Month. Well, as promised this month, we said we'd get the um, LGBTQ plus interviews out. And we are very excited to be sharing this one with you guys. We have been putting this together for a while, like months, months, <laughs> months, um, but it's finally here. So a big round of applause in your living room, in your car. Well, don't take your hands off the steering wheel, my friends, but wherever you are, internal clapping. Yay, we did it. <laughs> it's true. We love having interviews and especially um, like these types of interviews. But it does take a lot of work and a lot of scheduling. Uh, oh, we have a podcast and it's so hard to run. <laughs> That's not the vibe I, mean, I wanted to give. But on top of everything else we do, like this is just for fun. It's not like we, yeah. it, you know, it's not like we get paid. So it doesn't, any time that we put into this is our own free time and like whatever. So sometimes things go a bit slower than I think we would hope, but. Yeah, we're just excited that we're here with the second installment of our interviews with the LGBTQ plus community. We've got a diverse uh, country. Well, we've got three people again. So diverse for three. We've got three different countries that are represented here. So that's always fun. We love getting to know people from other places. Um, So it's just a special thing that we get that this allows us to do, which is exciting. Mm -hmm. As you can tell, we're very passionate about these ones and everything else we put out on this podcast, but this is a special place. Yeah, even just like other interviews we've done, I just find those episodes are just always fun for me to listen back to. And I find I learn the most when we're talking to other people with other lived experiences. And that's always Mm -hmm. a fun time. So... Uh, we've got someone from Canada, from the U.S., and from Colombia this time. So mm-hmm. that's fun. Yeah. So I guess in a few, in a little bit, you're going to be listening to those three. But just as a reminder, if you want to be a part of this podcast in any way or a part of this series, um, and if you are a part of the LGBTQ plus community uh, and you'd be interested in doing one of these interview style hangouts with us that we'll put in a format like this uh we'd love for you to reach out to us and I'm gonna let Aisley uh our email is open to discussion podcast at gmail.com or you can definitely reach out to us on Instagram our handle is open to discussion pod uh and yeah like one said we would love to hear from you um if you are part of the LGBTQ plus community or you just have something you're interested in talking about or maybe something that we've talked about that you're like hey I have some knowledge in this and I want to elaborate on that uh that too whatever but um definitely get in touch with us we'd love to hear from you and Mm -hmm. if you think what you have to say is not important we disagree so please come forth exactly and I guess without further ado happy pride this month but all year round You are loved. We are sending you big hugs. And please enjoy the next three interviews. So our first interview is with Nick. Enjoy.
Up next, we have Nick. He is currently unemployed, looking for work in the theater industry. Right now, he is learning ASL, taking some acting classes, and has some projects at home, including making macrame and making his own pants. Nick, thank you so much for joining us for this interview. Today is just going to be you and I. And up first, we have, what is your favorite food? Ooh, that could be a double entendre. Mm. Uh, um, no, my favorite food, uh, it's definitely like a... Uh, it's a nostalgic reason um it's like my favorite thing that my dad makes and he makes like this really good I feel like this sounds so bougie um it uh it's like this prime rib it's like a big steak basically and he like just like he puts like really good spices on it and so that's one of the things that has inspired me to cook so much because I love to cook now um and it's because my dad is such a good cook um and he would always give that to me every time I would like get a good grade in school or something he'd always like make it for me and I was like I love it so much so yeah I'd probably say my dad's prime rib is like my favorite food but I also like making my homemade pizza that's fun last night I made like a like a laksa which is like this like Asian inspired soup and it was like really delicious and I've never made that before um so yeah I just love to cook I love all food food is great I yeah I relate to that. Definitely um, like a, a homemade foodie over here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Favorite color? Oh, why do you have to see colored one? I don't see colored. No, I'm kidding. You're I'm putting just, the spot like I'm that. Um, I, like, um, I like a good blue or pink. <laughs> He's sitting behind a blue and pink painting. You can see, audience, I'm sitting behind a, a painting. It's really beautiful. My partner painted that. Ooh, yeah. an artiste. Oh, I know. Artisanal. But yes, I probably say blue and pink. Is there any reason or just they speak to you? I think they just like compliment each other really well. Mm. Um, I think also like depending on the shade. Um, and also I think uh, those are like the two basis um, examples of like masculine and femininity, which is like not even a thing. It's a construct. But um, it's like the mergement of the two. And I... I identify with both. I look at blue and I'm like, I love you. I like a pink and like mama work, you know? So. I love that. Yeah. Also, what a great way to, you know, in our, in our icebreaker questions, what a great way to tease a little bit about who you are. I know, right? Any TV shows that you're liking right now? I just binged Blown Away. <gasps> on yes. Netflix. Because yeah. I finished the first season back when it first came out. Mm-hmm. Um, and the second season just came out like yesterday or something. Um, and Pierre, my partner for context, um, he was like, what is the show? I'm like, you will fucking love it. It is so good. Um, you're also an artist. And I feel like this is just like a perfect stage for you to just like judge from the safety of your couch. Um, so perfect. We'll watch it. So that or Killing Eve, we just finished. Um, love Sandra O. Oh. Um, and oh, I forget her name. I just remember her last name, Comer. But she, oh, they're just such a good pairing. And they have such good chemistry on the show. It's just, it's an amazing show if you guys should watch it. Um, and Sandra is Canadian. And I'm not a nationalist, but also like go off Asian sister. She's great. Um, so yeah, I'd probably say Killing Eve or Blown Away. Those are like the last two shows that I've watched. That's awesome. They Like, I've seen Blown Away. Yes, I haven't seen the new one yet, but this weekend 
Yeah, do it. Um, okay, do you have a favorite article of clothing? Um, ooh, actually, yeah. Okay, there's this um one, um, I, I call him an artist. I'd say he's an artist, yeah. Um, there's this one account on Instagram, Sido Hale, and he has these, like, biannual garage sales, and he, like, has all these beautiful pieces of clothing like artisanal like I feel like they like there's um it's not like mass produced um and I snatched this bodysuit um because when he had it back in the fall I saw that there was this bodysuit going on sale and I was so sad to find that it was already sold um and that was like the only thing that I wanted from it and then the next day um, I checked his Instagram and somebody had returned it. So I snatched it up and it's like this hot wheels designed like bodysuit. It has like all the colors. It has like these like oranges and red flames with like the, with like the primary blue on it. It's just like very childish, but it's also like very cute. And it just like fits my body really well. And, uh, I love that bodysuit. It is beautiful. I can confirm. Yes. Yes. Gwen has seen it. Um, okay. Up next, in your own words, how do you identify and what are your pronouns? Well, we'll start off with pronouns because that's easier. Um, he, him. You could also call me they, but also I don't really like I don't really identify that with that, but I but that is just more mostly like I, I will just really answer to anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, primarily he, they, uh, he, him, sorry. And how do I identify sexually? I am a gay man, but also I understand that sexuality is a spectrum and Mm -hmm. I will never reserve myself or restrict myself to like one person. Um, I am in a monogamous relationship. Um, but again, we've only been together for two years and who knows like what that's going to bring us. Um, who knows what the relationship's going to process into. Uh, As of right now, I am a gay man. I have been with women before. Um, I don't have the same emotional feelings. I know physically those feelings are there. Like, like I could go through the process of having sex with a woman and I wouldn't be, I don't want to use the word revolted, but that's how like some gays, like Mm -hmm. I'm putting it like perspective, like some gays, or gay men are like, ew, oh my God, like a vagina, like that's disgusting. And it's like, well, no, like that's like poor choices of words. And that's just like an example of like how I feel like gay men idolize themselves and they really think that since they are kind of the intersection between femininity and masculinity, masculinity, they can really say whatever they want to really about anyone. And it's like, no, you really can't, you can't, you can't, um, catastrophize women women's bodies you know what i mean it's like that's not that's not how it works um you can't really just say whatever you want to you are also a human being and uh yeah i probably i probably say i right now i'm a gay man i am in a gay relationship um but but uh, yeah i I know that uh sexuality is a spectrum and i I don't know what's going to happen in like five years maybe i'll meet like the greatest woman in, in my life you know who knows I think that was really well said. And I think a lot of people can relate to that. The concept of like fluidity, fluidity that you were kind of like alluding to a little bit. 
Yeah. And uh, also another perspective that I have, maybe I'm also the other end of the spectrum that is like, just like, instead of um, uh, catastrophizing women's bodies, but I like glorify them maybe, but like, I see women as like statuesque beings. And I understand that everybody is a human being, but like, in my mind, I'm just like, women are just like, so great. I love women. Women are just like powerful beings to me. And I just like, I want to use my voice more so as like, not an idolization, but like a platform for women. I'm just like, women go through so much shit. Like, like why? Like I'm referring to like when gay men are like, oh my God, fucking vaginas. That's fucking disgusting. I'm like, you were literally like pushed out of one. So like, calm down, bitch. Like, like, what are, like, what are you saying to me? But yeah, women are just great. I love women. Women are like, and they smell great. <laughs> just, and the and the funny and like I just like I identify with women sometimes. I'm just like you are just great. I I love you. Anyway, you can't tell he's got this huge smile on his face and it's just like radiating right now. So yeah, it's I very cute. Women. Yeah, men suck. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> that was just like a 360 of your whole speech there. I don't know. Oh yeah. man, that was good. I have feelings and I'm ready to. <laughs> Well, you can, you can have feelings and talk about it with me. Here we go. Okay. So as a gay man, what has your experience kind of been like? And I'm sure you can speak to that in a thousand different ways, but what's resonating with you right now? As a gay man, what has my experience been like? Um, Or as Nick, what has your experience been like? But like, that's really vague. So like, as a gay man, what's my experience been like? I'm like, this is not the podcast. What can we talk about? Um, <laughs> uh, as Nick, what has my experience been like? Like, just as a human being? Or like... However you want to take it. Um, it's been fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> lately, it's been a little tough because of COVID. Um, working in the theater industry, as you aforementioned in your introduction has been quite difficult I've it's been prosperous in the past like I've got like in 2019 I got to travel like all around the world working in something that I love to do um I was stage managing shows in Australia Vietnam in the UK um so I was quite lucky to do that um but as of 2020 things have just been kind of abysmal in a sense I did find a contract job in the summer which I'm like rather privileged to do um but lately it's been uh quite difficult because I don't know I feel like I like my occupation is a reflection of my self-worth and Mm. I have been unemployed since like the summer which has been quite difficult for me to grasp and I'm like I know this is not like a lens or a, a scope of my capability. It's just the, a scope or the way the economy is right now, especially the arts industry, because the arts industry is like so underfunded. It's insane. But like me as a person, like personally, like I've used this time to kind of take a step back, reevaluate what I am doing. Obviously, there are things out of my control, like finding a job. So I'm going to put more of my energy in other things of my life, like my social circles, like talk to my friends more, like let's cultivate those relationships, um, put more interest into my partner, 
um, do at home projects like um, you mentioned before. Um, I like paint. Uh, um, my partner and I we painted this like huge like mural, so to speak, or this like weird like this weird abstract huge painting that we have in our room now. I like I I made a macrame. I'm going to be dyeing some fabric next week. Um, I'm doing this acting class with one of my friends. I just got a sewing machine for the holidays. So I'm like sewing with one of my friends, another friend. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So I'm just like, just trying mm. to like make the best of the situation. 100%. If you have, how did you approach the conversation of coming out? And are there any conversations with anyone that stood out and what were some notable reactions? Um, well, I, when I first came out, it was really difficult for me to say, um, uh, because when I first came out, I was like, I thought I was bisexual. And I think that is like quite common. Um, I'd say for at least gay men. And yeah, I think, I think that's just, uh, indicative of, of the culture that we grow up in, especially cause I was like growing up in like a predominantly white culture like my fam all the family around me aside from my siblings were all like white german um so yeah, yeah, yeah. hello i was not even referring to gwen but no she, that's okay she's from Somaliland. um but coming out as bisexual is a lot more acceptable than being gay um especially for people that don't really understand it like just like just the the sheer fact of the possibility of me being with a woman was a lot more acceptable in my mind and acceptable for the people around me in like but obviously it it progressed into something beautiful i'm a beautiful fairy now um but um yeah what what are some highlights let me get the highlight reel well when i first came out as bi i came out to my friend um at the time and then immediately after that I came out to my friend's mom who I like really deferred to in a lot of ways when I was that age because like my mom passed away when I was really young so I tended to really latch on to like mother roles and like like older women mm -hmm. um so in my mind I like came out to her first the mother um with the thought of being like embraced and uh and like being coddled almost but it, it was not the reaction that i was expecting they basically told me that bisexuality does not exist mm. and i just remember crying i was just like so upset but hey like that like that was also a pivotal moment in my life where i realized it was like you know i can't be searching for like mother figures in my life like 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 I'm like I'm good enough I don't need this like uh, th this reassurance and I don't need this acceptance from other people but that's another story entirely um but then I came out to my dad and I remember telling my sister Jasmine and uh I was like Jazz I think I'm gonna come out to dad as gay like this is like a year later I've mm -hmm. now processed the fact that I'm like I am a full-fledged gay fairy boots the house down um and she's like, okay, like, um, I'll, I will sit there with you and I will just play mediator. Cause we don't know what my dad's going to, because he's like, he's rather conservative in certain ways. He's like traditional. He's that's the way he was, he was brought up. 
So I remember sitting there and I was like, dad, come outside. I need to tell you. It was like November, like 12th, November something, November something. And so Jasmine came outside and we're all like sitting in a circle. And my dad's like, he's like, what's, what's up? I'm just like, I don't know. What's up with you? He's like, you called me outside. I was like, no, I didn't. And then Jasmine's like, this is going really well. So my dad got up and started to leave. And I was like, no, actually come back. And he was like, what the fuck? And then um, Jasmine's like, Nick, just say it. And I think when she said that, my dad clued in what was happening. And he's like, Nick, just say it. And I was like, no, I'm not going to say it. He's like, I know what you're going to say. Just, just say it. I was like, no, you say it. He's like, no, I want you to say it. And then I was like, okay, I'm gay dad. And he's like, that's fine. I know. I know since so, so you were like a kid. And I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. And that happened when I was 18. So I went, and it surprised me that like so many people were like, I knew when you were a kid when I didn't even know. Like, I feel like I was like a sexual, sexually stunted child. Cause like up until like, I was like 14. No, actually, I started masturbating when I was, like, 12 or 13. So I guess until then. But, like, even then, I didn't even realize or or understand that sexual sexuality was a spectrum. It was just, like, oh, like, everything, like, kind of turns me on. Mm. Everything is sexual to me. It's not very much so, like, a binary. Yeah. Um, until, like, I got a bit older and then I was, like, whoa, like, I'm actually finding – I've, like, taken some qualitative data and I've found that – I'm more attracted to men. Okay, this is interesting, you know? And I think that point is important because I think some people can really relate to that with, like, hormones and puberty going on and everything's just, like, this new, like, lights are turning on and you're like, which ones activate what? Yeah, I think that's definitely a pretty common experience that listeners can probably relate to. Yeah. So thank you for sharing that with us. Of course. Um, and how has being part of the LGBTQ plus community impacted friends, schooling, relationships, or how has it impacted you? Uh, to put it into perspective, I remember when I was first coming out as gay, mm-hmm. I, I just remember like having, I was I, like, I felt good and I felt like this, uh, this feels right. But also there was like, my mind was grappling with my like, emotion, so to speak. Because I remember just sometimes feeling like, wow, I am disgusting. Like, this is horrible. And obviously that is just, like, due to the fact that, like, society teaches us that, like, homosexuality is wrong. Um, fuck heteronormativity. But now, I just, like, I sometimes sit there and it's, like, a complete 180. And I'm just, like, I'm so so sorry for straight people (laughs) their culture is so boring (laughs) like I just like I was just like that is so boring to me like why like what like I love being queer queer is just like I don't think I would have ever found the relationships that I have now without being queer and just like the bond that people people share together and that's also outside of like the queer community that just like has opened my eyes to like every not every I don't want to like I'm not the fucking messiah um but like it has opened my eyes to oppressed people and minorities and it's just this unspoken bond that people have and I think that's another reason why I love women so much is because like as a queer person I feel like we really have like platforms that we can compare ourselves to or relate to mm-hmm. And women are oppressed. As as a person of color myself, um, I've been oppressed 
because I'm a part of a visible minority, but also like I'm a queer person. Um, and that is like an unspoken minority or an invisible minority, like let's say. Um, so yeah, it has just opened myself up. I don't really know where I was going with this. I got distracted because someone was walking in. Um, but um, yeah, I think it's just opened my eyes up to so many different groups and so many different avenues of like how people live and social circles. And I don't think that would have, have ever happened if I didn't come out or if I was like still closeted. And if you're comfortable, maybe you can speak to that a little bit more. Um, maybe what's something, cause I think intersectionality is huge and you just touched upon that. What's something that maybe you would want more people to know about maybe intersectionality in general, but specifically with you about being queer and being from a visible minority? Yeah, I, I think um, there's a tendency and uh, this is at the hand of like lack of knowledge mm -hmm. and ignorance. Um, as Sometimes it's not even intentional ignorance. Sometimes it's, again, just like lack of knowledge and you're not exposed to the... Um, um, to this group of people or this culture. But um, yeah, I would like to say that like not all queer people are, because there's a tendency to hypersexualize queer people, specifically gay men. Um, and sure, yeah, like me, for example, I'm not like a prime candidate to be like, oh, sex is fine. Like I love sex. Like sex is, sex is like just like the most amazing thing. Um, I love being physical with people. I think it's absolutely fun. Um, and I also like am lucky enough to have a partner who like feels the same way. But yeah, I think there, um, there's definitely like the default feelings. Um, and we're also categorized as just like sexual deviants, let's mm -hmm. say. And like, and, uh, and we're all promiscuous. And that has been uh, a storyline of, of queer people for like a very long time. I just like, yeah, I just think that that, that is uh, problematic and it is, uh, it's, it's, it's drawing us back to a time when we had to live in the shadows and we had to like, and, and we didn't have the platforms that we have today. Um, so I'd probably say, yeah, just like do a little bit of research, understand that like gay people are not some like weird fucking like sewer rat that come out at, that comes out at night you know what I mean <laughs> yeah gay people are rotted though let me just say we are rotted <laughs> like we're, like we're gross but like but I I don't want to contradict myself but um I'm saying I'm allowed to say that because I'm a gay person I've seen up close some like my some of my friends I'm like girl what the fuck is you doing um but but as a, as a whole, like we have a beautiful culture um, and it's not something to shy away from. It's not, don't be scared of like, uh, of yourself, you know, because like it's such an accepting community. I, I think know. the don't be scared of yourself just really like stood out to me. Cause I think, I think that's the message that with this and most podcast episodes that we create is like to normalize things that a lot of people see as taboo yeah and when you said don't be scared of yourself I was like yes and like, I feel like so many people have urges and like sure they're like to to abide by a certain like societal societal norms like don't like I, I I don't know why this is the first example that came to mind is like we're like I'm walking down the street and I see a child it's like don't spit on that child don't spit on that child don't do that. it's like you know it's like those weird fucking thoughts that you have in your mind yeah. but also then then there's like more realistic ones where it's like Obviously, I'm not going to spit on a child, but it's like, 
as a straight man, it's like, oh, I would love to like go out to a gay bar just to go, you know? But obviously there are certain things that are restricting you from doing that. And it's not even like tangible things. It's just mm. like, what are people going to think of me? What are, what are like my guy friends going to say? They're going to think I'm gay. Like, that's horrible. Like, that's the worst thing that could ever happen. It's like, why though? Yeah. Give a fuck what anyone, give us a fuck what anyone thinks. Like, come on, man. Um, so yeah, it's just like, don't be scared of what you want to do. Like, I feel like, like that world would be so much happier if, if we were like that. The, the snap track is now just me snapping. <laughs> You may answer this in whatever way you want to. It's another one of those big whimsical questions. Nick, what's the best part about being who you are? It's the best part of being who I am. The worst part about being who I am is that I don't get to be my own friend because I'm amazing. No, I'm kidding. Um, the best part about being who I am is I think like making people laugh. I love making people laugh. I think that's my that's my favorite thing to do. I think I I think it brings me so much joy, brings me so much serotonin, and it makes me feel so good. You know, so yeah. Best part about being who I am is um, definitely like the ability to make people laugh. And I'm sure people listening to this have probably giggled, chuckled, or full out laughed a few times. So, so you know what? And here's um, my Venmo is because <laughs> you owe me like five dollars. <laughs> Oh, that's good. Okay. As a person in this queer community, what do you wish more people knew and understood? Knew or understood? Yeah. Answer that however you want, but it's like, if you just, you want society to know, like, here's something, please know this or. Oh, okay. Um, like I thought you meant like, what, what do I wish the queer community knew? It can be towards the queer community. It can be, um, like, because uh, you're from that community, what do you wish more people either knew about the queer community or? I guess, like, the queer community is just like any other community. You know, like, we are, we are just people, too. People are trying to find a job. Literally me, I'm an unemployed fuck. I'm trying to, like, literally find anything. Yeah, it's like, sexuality is not... Uh, a uh, reflection of humanity it is just one facet of it and we're just we're just all the same we're all just trying to fucking find a job and get paid <laughs> so that's that's really all it is shout out to my boy capitalism yeah yeah is there anything else you want to share? You want to plug your Insta? You want to... Um, yeah, my Insta is I eat Nick. Not to be confused with I eat, but I do. Did you want me to say it? Or I... like everyone knows. Do they though? I thought I was like putting up a good beard this entire time. I thought it was really straight. <laughs> no, I mean just like... <laughs> um, I eat dick. Not to be confused with I eat dick. My Instagram is I eat Nick. I eat Nick. My name is Nick. It used to be hospital for Nick children, and that just was not cute. <laughs> that was not cute. That was horrible. Um, <clears throat> so anyways, go show Nick, <laughs> I eat Nick, some love on Instagram. Oh, and this oh. way you can go see the bodysuit he was talking about. Yeah. You'll know it when you see it, trust me. And I will be posting my pants on there. Ooh. Mama. Um, I will be posting um, the dyed fabric that I will be 
working on and the new macrame that I'm going to be making. Well, Nick, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. We really appreciate it. And thank you for sharing a little bit about who you are. Of course. Up next, we have Corey. Thank you so much for the interview and please enjoy. Our next interview is with Corey. Um, so Corey, if you want to say hi. Hi, my name is Corey Thomas and I'm from Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. Thank you yeah. for being with here, Tess. Oh gosh. That's okay. It's okay. <laughs> that happens so much. Usually we just roll through it. It's okay. I'm the same way. This is real life, baby. Um, <laughs> thank you for being here with us today. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Uh, let's just start with a few icebreaker questions as if that wasn't enough. Um, <laughs> do you have a favorite food? I absolutely do. I love tacos. I just yes. had tacos. Really? What kind yeah. of tacos did you have? Um, The refried bean ones from Taco Bell. I love it. I love a good veggie taco. There's nothing better than a good like, mm. oh, now I'm going to get tacos tonight. <laughs> Favorite color? Blue. Like a light blue. A very it's always been light blue my entire life too. Yeah. And specifically light blue? Yeah, it's always been light blue. I mean, I don't mind like navy, but I really like light blue. I'll never wear it. I don't I don't like to wear like brighter colors, but I love a good like light sky blue. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just to look at. Just to look yeah. at. Yeah. <laughs> um, any favorite TV shows? Um, I just started Killing Eve. And I don't know if either of you have seen it. It's very, very good. Um, Sandra O's in it. And my all-time favorite TV show is Grey's Anatomy. Because mm. okay. I'm definitely a stereotype in that way. I love Grey's Anatomy. And that's why I watched, started watching Killing Eve is because Sandra O is amazing. I've never seen an episode of Grey's Anatomy. So. It is very good, but you have to enjoy medical dramas to like it. It's like, if you don't like medical dramas, you won't be able to get through it. But if you can get past the cheesiness of their <laughs> medical drama, it's worth it. It's very good. I don't think I've watched a medical drama, so it would be a whole new ball Well, game. I grew up, uh, my parents would watch ER together. Mm -hmm. And ER is like a more dramatic, I don't want to say realistic, but it's it's a little bit less uh, cheesy than, okay. uh, or, yeah, than Grey's Anatomy. So I grew up with it, so it was very familiar. I don't think I would have watched it otherwise. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, and this question often throws people for a loop. So if you need to take a second, don't worry. Um, a favorite article of clothing. I like a pullover hoodie. Okay. Does that make that sense? Yeah. Okay. A good answer. Yes. I do. I really like a pullover hoodie because I like, you can add it, take it away. It's so easy. And I don't like zippers. Cozy. I break zippers a lot. So yeah, they're, they're just more cozy and like. Oh, absolutely. Versatility. You can have like a big. One that just swallows you up, or you can have, you mm -hmm. know, just tight little cozy one. I always, I will always get one that's like two sizes too big. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Just in case, too. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Fair. <laughs> so, in your own words, how do you identify your pronouns? I identify as he, him, um, he slash him. Um, do you also sexuality? Is that, yeah. do you tie in yeah. with that? Um, I identify as pansexual currently. Okay. I've, yeah. After doing some very recent research, I, I've been like really looking into it because I've, I've never been quite the person to 
throw a label onto myself, but I've always wanted to make sure I'm respectful of other people's, you know, identities in that way. So I definitely took some time recently to kind of figure out where I would fall in that category. Um, and I think pansexuals, yeah, definitely it. That kind of seems to be a theme. It's kind of like an ever, like you're always discovering about your yourself, you know? There's so many Absolutely. times where I'm like, oh, this is what I am. And then it's like, oh, okay, maybe. Yeah, there's a lot of phases, I feel like, to a person's sexuality, especially as you grow as a person. I think you're always going to find new things. And I think no matter what identity you put on it, there's it's just so much more in-depth than that, you know? Every person's going to be to their own, yeah. 100%. Humans are complex and beautiful. So. Absolutely. <laughs> That ties in really well with our next question was, or is, um, when did you first know that you were, I guess, maybe pansexual or? Well, I first thought that I was, I went, I first thought I was bisexual and this was, I was probably 13 or 14 when I kind of came to terms with myself. Um, but I didn't come out that early in my life. I was still trying to figure things out. But yeah, it was a very young, well, I won't say a very young age, but 13 or 14 is when I was like, yes, I know I am not a straight male right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What was that experience like for you? It was pretty wild. Um, I grew up in a small town, a small urban town. Um, well, I had moved from a town in called Westminster, which is in like Northern Maryland. It's just right outside of Baltimore. So that was its own experience. And then I moved north to a place that's like a half hour away from Gettysburg. It's a nice little um, small town. Everyone got to know each other through school. Uh, and I had moved there young enough in my life where uh, the friends that I had, I had grown up from a very young age. So we were all kind of discovering ourselves outside of each other. Um, so when I hit that point where I felt like I wasn't, you know, I wasn't straight, um, it was, it wasn't something I definitely was willing to talk to anyone about until much later in my life or to be open about. Um, I dated as a straight male for a majority of my life until I was almost 20, actually. My, I was like, almost my 20th birthday is when I finally came out. Um, and a lot of that was deep-seated in, like, the the culture at the time. Like, there wasn't representation on TV and books, that kind of stuff. Um, me and my father didn't have the best relationship back then. And he had very different views versus what he has now. Um, and I was not as close as I am with my mom. So I was, I just wasn't at a point where I felt like I could be vulnerable in that way towards them, which I'm sure a lot of people can understand. Yeah. Especially at such a young age. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. And yeah, absolutely. I think you're totally right. I think this echoes a lot of people's experiences and they can definitely relate to some aspect of that. Mm-hmm. And I think the what you brought up about like just having no representation. I grew up in a small town, so it wasn't even that there was like no representation in the media, but it was just I knew very few people who identified as anything other than straight. Mm -hmm. And anyone who like brought it up, it was it was a fairly conservative, but also like you know religious aspect of small towns. So it was Absolutely. like something that was just like kind of shut down and teachers were like, we don't talk about that here, <laughs> you know? So it's Yeah, it was, it's funny. I, I became very close with a lot of my high school teachers, but the one big thing that nobody ever really talked about, no matter how close you got with them was sexuality. 
Mm-hmm. And I think in a way it was a little bit out of respect for them towards me because, you know, they were older and I, I was pretty close with like my English teachers throughout the years enough where like one of my English teachers, I had an independent study with for um, two years straight. And it was basically just me sitting in her class and we would just write stories. Um, we did a podcast. <laughs> we didn't, we never published it, but we did a podcast in like early 2013, 2012. Um, it was this whole thing, but and we had talked about a lot of things, we became very close and she knew about my personal life and my family life. But the one untouched subject at that time had always been sexuality. And I think that's because um, in part, she wanted to be respectful to me. And in another way, I don't think, I think she knew I wasn't in a place where if I came to terms with my sexuality, that I would feel supported beyond mm. her, you know? Yeah. So how did you approach the conversation of coming out if you have? Um, you know, maybe like friends, parents, and kind of what were any um, reactions? So the day I came out, I used to work at Chipotle. Um, It was like my first out of high school job. And I was working up to be like a kitchen manager. Um, And it was actually my second day at this restaurant. And my general manager, this is not something that you're supposed to do at jobs, but she came up to me and she was a very open person. Uh, She was openly bi. Um, and she was very like, very woke about a lot of things that I had not experienced in my small town. So she came up to me and she said, she didn't ask me if I was gay. She asked me, she was like, so do you like boys? Do you like girls? Do you like both? What's like, what's the deal? And I was like, and no one had, I mean, people had always, you know, you get those questions throughout the years, but she had this kind of vibe of, I just felt comfortable with her. And I think that was the first time I ever said out loud that like, I liked both, you know, I like both guys and I like both girls. So that was the first time I ever said it out loud. And it was a very good experience because it was a good day at work. She was a very fun person to talk with. And I should have been working, but she took like hours to talk to me about it, which was so nice. It was so nice. I know it's always, it's those little people in your life that make such a big difference. Um, So I had that conversation with her and I began to date a little bit here and there, but I still was at a point where I was like, I can't be out with you know, in a relationship with a guy if uh, if I'm not out yet, at least if I'm not out with my family. Um, so I, I had been dating this guy for a month, maybe, this DJ that worked down in DC. He was really nice. He's a really cool guy. Um, and I brought my mom in the room. And I remember before I even said anything, I just started crying. And she knew, I think a lot of moms know, I started crying. I was like, I just, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. I just, I don't know. I just couldn't get it out. And she was like, my mom's a very like blunt person. She's like, tell me what's going on. What's up? What's going on right now? And she was like, uh, or I was like, I, I think I'm bi. Um, and I will say that at that time, I very heavily did not believe I was bi. I thought I was gay. Uh, But I think there's this tendency for gay males to feel like they have to uh, they have to show themselves off as bi to as like a stepping stone. You know, it actually wasn't until a year or two later that I realized I still had that attraction, you know, um, to women. And then years later that I realized it was much more beyond that as I started to discover the spectrum of gender and the spectrum of identity. Um, So I told her I was bi and she told me you know, that's okay. And that was really it. It was a simple, that's okay. Um, A month later, she ended up telling my dad and me and my dad didn't talk for quite a while. Um, But he had his own kind of demons that he was going through. Um, 
So we never, my dad and I never had that conversation together. It was just someone else had that conversation with him. And then it just was what it was. My mom was kind of that leeway for me and my family. She told everyone um, slowly. And then, and my family is like the most supportive family. I'm so lucky that I have a family that stands by me so well. Um, and soon after I started my first long-term relationship that lasted a couple years and it, it was going so well that this person became a family member and still is a family member, um, even though we're no longer together. And that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of how, where that conversation went. With my family, it went really well. With my friends, I never told a soul. I just changed my Facebook status one day and I was like, they'll find out. I was like, and if they have a problem with it, I'm at a point in my life where I'm okay with that. And I just don't need that person in my life. Yeah. You know? You say I say that, but it would have been devastating if any of my friends had come up to me and been like, what is this? Yeah. So <laughs> that but confidence is definitely a privilege. Yeah. Which is great that you can recognize that, but it's also great that your family was able, like you felt like your family was able to provide such a safe environment that you were just like, yeah, this is who I am. And Absolutely. Yeah. It's also, a very, it's a very awesome. lucky and good feeling. Yes. Also love your Chipotle coworker. Yes, she is. She's a queen. She's a queen. Will forever be one of my favorite people in this whole world because of that. I'd never met someone so open about that. Just like, just like up front, like this isn't, this doesn't have to be a hard question. Just how do you feel right in this moment? Tell me what you're feeling. Like, yeah. And I really like the way you, you just described it too, was about like, you've had people ask you that before, but when you feel like someone's safe and when you feel like someone's asking you like, out of nothing but like genuine curiosity with no agenda, just like, hey, mm -hmm. like, here's me kind of feeling the vibes for you. Is Absolutely. this a line? And like asking it now, like, do you like boys or girls or like, mm -hmm. it, it was like many options. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's not just like, so are you straight? Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. The most aggressive way to ask. So <laughs> are <Yeah>. you gay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Um, and I was thinking about it. Uh, I guess, you know, I think those are the conversations that come to mind, the ones with my family. But having started a new job, I, I had worked at this last job for two and a half years. So everyone knew me. They knew about my personal life. I had been through that introductory stage to a new job. But in Pennsylvania, we're a state where we can fire people for no reason. You basically don't have to put a reason down. You can let someone go the day of um, and it doesn't fall back on the company at all. So there's a little bit of a hesitance in my small town for me to, um, to for me to share my personal life beyond like within the first two weeks of my job. It is almost like I I can't have that conversation at first, and I almost have to put a little bit of a face up. Um, I don't you know I don't talk about my boyfriend. Um, I don't talk about a lot about my personal life. I kind of have to keep that wall because I've had friends who have run into instances where as soon as they've opened up about that part of their life, they don't have a job in a week or, and perhaps even worse, they don't feel comfortable anymore at that job. They don't want to be there because they've shared that. Um, I'm lucky I'm at a point now where I, I talk to my manager and I've shared enough of my life where I know I'm in a safe enough space with that. But it is still very crazy that we're in a world where that's something we have to worry about. You know, you work very hard to tear down that wall. And then every time you're in a new instance, you have to rebuild it up. I didn't know that was I think like I, I, yeah. I, know I mean, that. of course they can't, they can't 
openly say that it's because of your sexuality because you know that would be a whole right. a whole news storm but it's it's happened to a few friends of mine for more than just that there's you know it, when it comes to disabilities i've had mm -hmm. friends who are fired because um they've been you know diagnosed with things like chronic illnesses and stuff and within two weeks they don't have a job they don't have health insurance it's it's wild that that's allowed um in this day and age but yeah that's another thing that's a conversation i have to have anytime i want to change my profession or career that must also kind of carry a lot of stress too in those situations it's like that added layer of just like man i have to think about all these things for mm -hmm. something that's just you should just yeah. be able to do yeah you have to you have to it's almost like you have to walk into I have to walk into every environment with the same mindset I had at 19 years old before I came out. I'm more knowledgeable now. I'm more confident. Um, but I also have to be aware because of everything I've learned and everything I've been through. Um, I have to be aware that it's a risk. It's a, not a big risk with me. Um, it's not, you know, it's not something that I'm always very worried about, but especially when I start a new job or anything that would, like if I lost this job as soon as I started it, I can't go back to my old job where I had felt so accepted. So yeah. it's it's not only the risk of a profession and you know, the worry of your finances, it's also the fact that you have to watch who, you know, how you portray yourself. You really do have to put a face on for two weeks and then slowly work in and figure out who they are before you can show who you are. That takes so much energy and that's mm -hmm. an experience, you know, I think a lot of people can relate to, but if you can't relate to, there's probably a certain amount of privilege that comes with that. And no, absolutely. not only do you have to like be able to recognize and know yourself, but you also know, need to know like where you are and who you're with and like that comfort level, like that's mm -hmm. a lot of mental and emotional and it's work. It's work. Yeah, sure. it is. It's it's its own job in itself sometimes. Yeah. Especially I work in, I actually work in sales right now, which mm. means I'm customer facing right now. So that's another thing is a lot of times I have to kind of read who comes in and how I'm very good at connecting with people that I, you know, don't have anything in common with because I've, I feel like even though I'm only 25 now, I've lived a very full life and I've met a lot of very different type, different types of people. And because of that, I feel like I can kind of form a connection with someone, even if we're not on the same level with our beliefs and stuff. Um, so that comes in handy when it comes to sales, because you have to make that connection with someone if you're going to be selling them something. Um, and most of all, I can't let me letting, you know, a little bit of my personal life in be the thing that stops a sale, you know? It's it's wild. I've never, you know, it's weird. Now that I'm sitting down and talking about it, I don't think I've ever talked about this out loud. I don't think I don't think a lot of people talk about how you have to put this face up for something as simple as that. Um, but yeah, it is definitely every day you gotta you gotta kind of do that to get by. So, like, how has being part of the LGBTQ plus community impacted your friendships and schooling and other relationships? I know you touched on it a little bit already, but. Mm -hmm. Has has there been any big changes with any particular friends or anyone? I will say that I I do have some friends that I've been friends with since high school who have carried through with me over all these years, um, and I think I think those people will always be my closest friends, whether we talk every day or not, because they're the people that saw who I was in high school and saw who I slowly became when I was nineteen or twenty, and then they see who I am now. And, you know, they love and accept me for who I am in all of those parts. 
Um, and I'm, as, I'm definitely very lucky to have people like that because it's, it's hard to find a good group of people who will, who will grow with you, even if you're growing apart, you know, they'll, they'll love you for what you're doing, no matter what's going on. Um, and with my family, I, you know, we, I, I've never had a great relationship with my dad. I had never had a great relationship with my dad. Um, but he, he went through a lot of stuff during the beginning of this pandemic. Um, leading to the middle of a pandemic. He actually, um, he came, oh, hi baby. Sorry, my dog fell down. <laughs> we have a, we have a wooden floor. So she just flipped under herself. Hi baby, you okay? Oh yeah, you're okay. Good girl. Um, so yeah, my dad, uh, he was incarcerated for a year or two leading up to the pandemic. And he came out during the middle of the pandemic. And it, it, it was already a wild experience having lived through the beginning of the pandemic to the middle but to go from where he was to where to being incarcerated incarcerated to coming out on the other end in the middle of a pandemic was like a shell shock um so i picked him up um cuz he called me from a gas station telephone and i took him back to our apartment and he met my boyfriend that night uh which was a very big out of nowhere step to take in one night um and ever since we've been on we've had a really good relationship you know it's it's he went through a lot, I think, in there. And I think he kind of found himself and found his own values in that way. And I think without that, I don't know that we would have a good relationship. But now he, you know, he loves my boyfriend. He loves me. Um, he doesn't hesitate when he talks about our relationship with his family or with his friends, which is such a big step. Like, it's, it's, it's nice to have their love, but to have your parents talk about that openly in front of you to people that you may not even feel comfortable talking about, you know, that kind of stuff with is it's life changing in a lot of ways. It is, it is, it is a whole degree of acceptance that, you know, that I'm very lucky to have hit with both of them after many, many years of, of working through it. Um, but yeah, I definitely think that having those conversations with them and really showing myself has helped me become a lot closer because, and with, it's the same with my mom, me and my mom were, you know, it was, we were at that age where I was a child and she was my parent. And then suddenly now I'm 20, I'm 21, I'm my own adult. And now we're kind of transforming into becoming friends at that point. Um, and that was the point where I opened up to her and I was like, this is who I am. And me and my mom actually worked together for a couple of years. And now we are like, we're like this, like we call each other every day. I'll drive down if she needs like a picture hung up. Like I just, I like, we are just... Yeah, we're we're more best friends than family, and that's a really nice feeling. So, yeah, I think it's I think it's nice. It's just a nice feeling. Yeah, I'm very thankful. Yeah, yeah, very heartwarming. <laughs> it, it's it's really cool to hear where your dad's come from. Like to see mm -hmm. that change is empowering, and it's also just a good reminder that like people can change and people can grow and learn. Absolutely. And... I think, I think that was definitely a big point in my life where I was like, okay, I'm not going to say like someone is a product of their generation or time anymore. I was like, I think we're at a point where mm -hmm. the information is so easily available that if you're willing to learn and you're willing to listen, you can grow with the world around you. It's not like it was, you know, 15 years ago where, our representation was limited to the TV in front of us and the radio stations. You have so much at your disposal to learn. Um, so really that, 
that 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 I don't want to say ignorance because I hate I don't like that word, but like the unwillingness to learn and to grow comes down to that's that's self-inflicted. That's someone who just does not want to learn and grow. It's no longer they don't have the ability to or the information. They just don't want to. And that's that's something, you know, they have to look at themselves for. Yeah, like, yeah, snaps all around. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> and that's basically the motto of Open to Discussion. There, there we go. go. <laughs> Summarize it so perfectly. 100%. Yeah. That was so well said. Thank you. Okay, this one is a bit of a loaded question. Okay. But what is the best part about being you? I think, oh, let me give this, let me give this a quick second of thought. Um, yeah take your time take your time some people are just like whoa this is a weird question (laughs) 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 no I think this is a really cool question because you have to really think about what you know what do you see yourself as and Um, not many people take the time or have the time to be able to like look at their strengths or look at mm -hmm. like cool or good parts about them and be like yes this is it and we love like slipping a little bit of like self-empowerment Yeah, Yeah. exactly. I think what I love, can you read the question again? I want to rephrase it correctly. Thank you. (laughs) What's the the best part about being who you are? Or what do you love about being who you are? Whatever you want. I I think the best part about being me is I, I truly feel like I have the ability to get along with anyone. Um, you know, no matter where they come from, where they stand, because, I, I think when I look at people, the only thing I can see is just another human being. It's just it's just someone who has their own struggles and their own things. And there's a reason that they believe that or don't believe that, or there's a reason they're mad today or happy today. And people are so complicated. So my, you know, my 19-year-old, 20-year-old heart that wants to go, you know, and judge someone based off the first five seconds I meet them, I think the best thing I ever did in my life was make the effort to throw that out because I don't, I don't, I can't tell anything about anyone in five seconds because they have a whole lifetime behind that five seconds. So I really make an effort to get along with people, even if I'm not necessarily enjoying the moment or enjoying the time with them. And that has opened me up to, I feel like so much understanding that otherwise I would be so close off to, I would, I would just, I would, I would have no gray area if I didn't take the time to really understand, you know, why my dad felt the way he did, why the stranger is mad today, um, why this matters to you for now, you know? So I think that's definitely my favorite thing about myself. That's a super empowering feeling to be able to connect with people. And Mm -hmm. especially in times like these, like we need people that can connect with many different types of people. Yeah. Because everyone is deserving of understanding and, and, a willingness from someone to be able to connect. Absolutely. That is something I, I, I live by at this point because I have seen, you know, what it's like to have someone in front of you who does not feel like they have that love and that compassion and that understanding. And it's no matter where they're coming from, no matter what they're saying to me, you know, that's heartbreaking because everybody deserves to feel understood and to feel loved and if, you know, to feel seen. So I really feel like I, do my best to make sure if someone's standing in front of me, I see them no matter what they're saying to me or what they're doing. You know, my heart is fuzzy. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I'm tearing up a little bit. I don't even I know. know why. <laughs> yeah. 
I was going to be like, am I the only one emotional right now? No, I'm no? Okay, guys. <laughs> Ooh, I'm just going to have a water sip, a water break. <laughs> it, it's impactful hearing people care about people and things. Like, mm-hmm. I think especially lately, we're just so bombarded with, like, a lot of hatred. So it's in, rem- remembering to take the moments to really uh, have these conversations and talk about what it what it means to connect with people. Because I sometimes I think in society, like, connectedness gets lost a lot. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. People are too... Sometimes people are too focused on proving a point um, or, you know, getting their point across that they, they can't hear the other side. And, you know, that doesn't mean you ever need to change your point of view, but you you have to listen. You know, you have to listen to people and you have to see them to, to get that. So as someone in this community, what do you wish more people knew or understood about whether that be like the LGBTQ plus community or maybe yourself, whatever comes to mind. I think hmm, I had one, I had read this earlier and I had one planned, but it's kind of changed now. I, I wish that, well, it's, it's, so I feel like I have a wish for people that are inside of the community. And then it's a very different wish for people that are outside of the community. I think that for people that are discovering themselves to be a part of this community, I think it's really important to understand the value of patience in those around you. I think it's very easy to look around you and see, you know, where, how, how far we're getting, because we are making moves, we are making change, we are getting there. Um, But I also think it's important to understand how much patience that took, how much understanding that took on the part of people, and that's going to apply to your lives too. So if you find yourself feeling like you might be a part of this community in whichever way that is, understand that people around you might not understand right away, given their circumstances. But if you give them that patience and you give them that understanding, it is it, it can change everything. You know, it can be the difference between you losing a relationship and having a best friend. And it can be the difference between, you know, not talking to your dad again and being able to talk to him every day. So I think I think you have to be prepared to make yourself the bigger person in that way. I have a really good friend who um, came out to her mom and she's from a very, uh, she's from a family that's always been in the military and they're very conservative in a lot of views religiously. Um, and she came out to her, I would say about six years ago, six years, accidentally eight years ago, but for real six years ago, like there was a moment and then they all pretended it didn't happen. And then she finally, after high school was like, this is, you know, who I am. And her mom did not understand at all. And we had a lot of really tough discussions about that because I was lucky enough at that point to have my mom understand right away. But with my dad, it was, you know, the opposite. It was a complete a complete other way around. So I understood in some way, but I also knew I had that privilege of that feeling with my mom. So I knew, I felt pretty confident that I could talk to her, talk her into just giving her mom the patience that she needed, you know? And now she brings her girlfriend home, you know, for holidays and stuff. And they're still not at a point and they may never get to a point where they, she can feel 100% with her mom the same way that I am very lucky to feel with my mom. But 
if she had not given her that patience, she would not be able to have these conversations she's having with her mom right now. Um, so just be patient. I know it's very easy to want that understanding right away in this community, especially. And you, there is a, there are a lot of people out there, like my manager, <laughs> that will understand you if they've only known you for five seconds. And those are the people you find and you latch onto and you hold onto until the people that you feel that you need to be loved by are ready to love you for who you are. You know, that patience is everything. And then I think for anyone that doesn't find themselves in this community, um, but has friends who are going through it or family members, children or parents, um, you give them that patience. Like you, I know it's, you know, you've spent all these years with these people and it can feel like this is a really big change for you, but just take a second to understand how big of a change it is for them. You know, this person is finding themselves in a way that maybe you won't be able to understand, but that patience, as patience is all you need. You just need to, you need to be patient. You need to be understanding as best as you can and just give them the time they need and just try, please try. Because there's, there's nothing worse than someone that will deny something, but not try to accept it, you know? That was powerful. I don't really Thank have you. other words other than that. Thank was you. Just powerful. <laughs> Thank you. This, this this whole conversation is going to be like transcribed, and someone's going to have a book, like just out of all like <laughs> just, <laughs> the things you said. <laughs> Thank you. A uh, memoir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just it. I don't know, and I just want to take the time to like acknowledge how privileged we are to be able to mm -hmm. like Aisley and I to be able to sit here with people from not only the LGBTQ plus community but everywhere and be able to like connect and learn and like share this really broad sense of love and like I just Absolutely. I just feel so energized so mm -hmm. right um wow. is there anything else you want to share you want to plug your podcast I don't yeah, know. Um, I am a part, I know it's very serious for this podcast, but I am a part of like a true crime um, podcast. Uh, it's called Some World We Live In. I co-host it with my best friend, Grace. Um, we have just started about a month ago, but we're about five, six episodes in. So if you'd like to check that out, that is available on most streaming platforms. We will link it in the show notes too. So it's easy to click to and we'll make sure to like put it in on Instagram and in the trailer. And I'll be checking it out. I love true crime. Yeah. I, love true crime. <laughs> I, I don't have, I don't have the mental ability to do like the full research to be able to like go over everything, but I like to sit and, and listen to someone mm -hmm. who's done all that hard work. See, I'm, I, I love to research. I love, we did, we did a lot of like, we did a lot of stories about, uh, we started with the Black Dahlia because we wanted to do some, we wanted to do something that we couldn't, that we could find something we had never known about. Um, so we were like, we're going to do the Black Dahlia. We're going to start with that. And then recently I did Kitty Genovese, which was a mm -hmm. really good story. Um, and we do all this research. We spend hours and hours. and then. One of us always ends up bringing a bringing a bottle of wine, and it's just it's just I just it's just an editing mess. But it's okay; it's so worth it. We have we have so much fun. Are you okay, sweetie? I'm oh, sorry. She was scratching. She scared me. She looked weird for a second. Hi, baby. Um, yeah, it's a whole editing mess. Just trying to work through it, but it is it is a lot of fun. It's definitely my passion project right now. I enjoy it so much. I love that. 
how we some world we live in. Yep, some world we live in. That's how we say it. <laughs> That's cute. It's it's actually a reference to an old vine that we used to that connect we connected over. Yeah. The days of vine. Good day. I know. I miss it. I miss it. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. It was yeah, so absolutely. Great with you. Yeah, thank you for having me. And our final interview is with Harold. Enjoy this one. All right, everybody. And up next, we have Harold. Um, Harold, do you want to say hi and introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Harold. I'm 29. I am Colombian. I'm a software engineer, and I'm happy to be here uh, in this amazing podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Here. We're very excited for this. Me too. So let's just jump right into it. These are a bit of a weird, fun questions that we asked all of our guests on the show. So let's start off with what is your favorite food? Um, my favorite food like of all time is, so I grew up in Venezuela. And on Christmas, we have a very specific dish we call ayaka. Right? It's hard to describe. It's like, how do I explain it? It's like we prepare with the... We use flour, we prepare flour to make like a like a thing, and then we put everything inside of it. We put uh, pork, we put meat, we put all sorts of vegetables, and then we like cook it for seven hours, and it's delicious. It's like the best thing ever, right? Whenever you, if you ever come to Colombia, <laughs> or if I ever go to Canada and we meet, I, would, I can prepare it, right? It's delicious. All of my friends have come to to when I was in Caracas or when I'm here, if, when they come and visit me and I make it, they're like, oh my God, it's amazing. That's awesome. That does sound really good too. Yes. And Christmas foods, anything that hits the feels mm-hmm. is good. Yes. What is your favorite color? Electric blue. Ooh, Ooh I yes. like that. Mm-hmm. That's very specific. I... Yes, I can also give you the hexadecimal code for it, but <laughs> that's going too far. The what? <laughs> you know, in computer science, every color has a hexadecimal code that identifies them to the computer. I did not know that. Yes. I guess it makes sense how yes, our colors have. Yes, and electric blue is like double O, double nine, double F. That's the code for electric blue. Wow. Mm-hmm. I, I would never be able to remember that. <laughs> <laughs> Double O, double nine, double F? Yes. You put okay. that on Google and you'll get the electric blue color immediately. Google is going oh. to tell you. Mm-hmm. All the listeners, I hope you go look for that right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Your favorite TV show, if you have one. Oh, let me see. I think I'm not much of a TV viewer. So, like, a, a specific TV show that's, like, my best of all time. Well, if it includes anime, I can give you one. Like, I am a fan of Neon Genesis Evangelion. It's my favorite anime of all time. But I also like other shows, recent shows, that I think are amazing. Like, Pose, for example. Pose is fantastic. I yeah. cried every episode with Pose. I also like uh, The Witcher. It was also a very, very good TV show. Mm. And uh, Dark. Dark was also very, very good. You know what Dark one is? I don't know. 
Um, it's mm-hmm. on Netflix. It's about like a family that travels in time. So the kid travels back in time, and then he grows up, and then he has uh, his son is his father, and then he goes back into the future. It's it's crazy, but it's amazing. It's a German TV show on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Glad we'll have to look into that. I will need yeah. to <laughs> check that one out. Yeah, it's like the end of the world, and they discover an anomaly that came from space that is creating like a vortex of time, and then they're able to build like a passage that allows them to go back 30 years, or for 30 years, and everything goes crazy. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Well, it's on my list. Yes, it's amazing. I recommend it 100%. Um, and last icebreaker question. <laughs> Do you have a favorite article of clothing? Um, I don't. Maybe yes, yes. I have like a, not one but two pieces that I like to use together whenever I go out to a specific part of the city that is like hot and a lot of people on it. It's like a sports thing that I use. It's like um, um I don't know how to say this. Oh, it's a tank top, a black tank top. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's very nice. And then I don't know how to call it. It's, it's like a, a sweat suit, I think. I don't remember. Oh, sweatpants. Is it? Is or oh, sweatpants? Yeah, the one people use when they go to the gym, right? It's yeah. Like, yes, yeah. 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 Athleisure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice, nice, comfortable. Yes. My cousin and my uh, best friend hate hate those because they've oh, seen no. it like a thousand times. They're like really again, and I'm like yes. Again. <laughs> it's my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So in, in your own words, how do you identify and what are your pronouns? Well, I identify as gay, have always been, right? And um my pronouns are he, right? I don't have a I I think I despite not being that old, I grew up in a country that's like back in time 30 years, right? So when I grew up there there wasn't this the, the, the new pronoun debate was did not exist back then. So the only option I had was he, and I always identified like that. And I, I currently, I'm still happy with that, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when did you, so you just mentioned that you've always been gay. Yes. So I guess answer this question however you feel most appropriate. Um, when did you first know that you were gay? Uh I first knew it when I was like, I don't know, seven years old, right? Like seven, eight years old, right? But my friends were starting to like take a look at the other girls and like, oh, she's pretty. And I was like, no, he is pretty. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was the moment I realized that something was different. And I think many people can relate to that experience of not finding the groups that many other people might be attracted to at that time being like, wait a second, I'm looking at this group or these type of people. Yeah. And for me, it was always like normal. I mean, I never questioned it, Mm -hmm. but of course I understood, I had like the hindsight to understand that, that society wasn't looking at it as something that was normal at that point in time. So I kept it for myself until I was like um, 18. When I was 18 is when I decided that I, was wanted to have my first boyfriend, that I wanted to come out to my family, that I wanted to take the reins of it. And things were like more progressive at that point in time, right? So so my parents had a very negative reaction to it at the beginning. Um, so I went to the psychologist, they took me to the psychiatrist, we had a lot of discussions, I almost left the house. Um, 
but the rest of society wasn't that like that. They were like, it's, you do you. Wow. That sounds like you have for a long time, even as a kid, had a lot of self-awareness about yourself and society and, and where you're fitting in and kind of just a, yeah, hyper-awareness of it. Yes. Yes. I was always an outward looking person. Instead of like focusing on myself, I always like looked at my surroundings. I think it was like a survival instinct that I was, I'm glad that I had. Right. For, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it served me really well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You talked about like coming out and that, like, what was that experience like for you? It sounds like it was really hard. It was, it was terrible, 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 especially because of my my whole family was against me. Everyone was against me, right? Everyone, only my two cousins who grew up with me, they were like, we always knew you were gay. It's fine. Just go on with your life. It doesn't matter. But all of my uncles, all of my aunts, my parents, even my sister was like shocked about it. My mom stopped eating for like a week. It was rough, right? And then, of course, when I was in college, everyone in college was fine with it. It was like two different environments, right? In college, everyone was okay with it. And even I had my boyfriend. And then at my family, it was like very hostile environment, right? And there was this thing that all of my uncles in my house were like, no, you can't be gay. You have to be straight because you have to keep the name of the family going. That This is not who you are. It was rough. Right? The, the first three years or so was very hard, especially my dad. Right. Because my dad told me, I don't want to have a girl. I want to have a boy. I don't want you to to fail in life. I don't want to see you have AIDS. I don't want to. So so much like in post. Right. When I was post, I, I, I was reminded of all of it. Right. With my dad, right? all of those fears that people like him have. But now he changed. Right? It's completely different. And what mm-hmm. is it? What's your relationship like now with those members of your family? They all love me. They all come to realize that, that that they were in the wrong. And I think the fear, especially my dad, right? the fear that my dad had, I think, was that, um, of course, he grew up in a different age. And every gay person that he met, most of them had failed in life, right? But And, of course, he thought that it was because of them being gay, right? He never thought it, it was because of the way society was um, structured at that point that gay people didn't have an option. Right. And that was his fear. Right? He didn't want his son to, to fail like that. Right. But now that he looks at me as a ah, he has success as a successful person, he was able to graduate from college. He was able to go to another country. He was able to have the things he has. So he no longer has that fear that I'm going to fail. And then he no longer sees that as a threat. Right. And he was able to make peace with it. And uh, they came a year ago. They made my boyfriend. We went out together. We had fun. So it's nice. And also because there were teachers, both of them. And uh, when you're a teacher, then eventually their high schools changed. Mm. Right? Half of the population were, was gay. And they had to confront that new reality. right? And that allowed them to look back at their own son and say, well, why do we have to reassess uh, our original position in this? Right? Yeah, the change of culture. Mm-hmm. We're heading in the right direction. Yes. And my country is very, very conservative in those aspects and very, very religious, right? Latin America is very, very religious. And mm-hmm. so those social issues are hard to tackle at first. It sounds like you and your family, though, have a, a nice relationship now. And it's so great to hear that they got to meet your partner, too, and you got to mm-hmm. experience that together. Yes, I was afraid that wasn't going to happen, but it did. 
Yeah. Because, you know, you always have to understand that, or at least that was the assumption that we had, that if you come out and you take the reins of your life and you decide to go that way, then you might most likely will lose your family, right? Yeah. And for some people, that mm-hmm. is a reality. Is so, a reality, yes. I guess changing the the angle a little <laughs> bit. Um, and thank you for sharing. I yeah, I you. think all like that's your story and just that little bit of time had a huge spectrum of experience that many people can probably relate to in some way. And I think just normalizing the, the the struggles and some of the hardships that come along with just trying to be yourself um is important yes but how has being a part of the lgbtq plus community impacted like your friendships or schooling oh well my schooling i was like the only gay in high school mm-hmm. I, on call in college of course there were more people but we're, we weren't like a community because I was in a very technical college, right? So the bonds that we made were because of our careers, right? So the mm-hmm. software engineers were all together and the electricians were all together and, and all of that, right? So I wasn't really part of a, or never really tried to be part of a community after I was like older, 25, 26, that I got to meet people and we went out and stuff like that. And, um, but I, um, I think I'm a special case. Like Oscar didn't tell you this, of course, but I was—I've never been like really part of a group that it has the same sexual orientation that I do, because I'm always like a lonely person. I always like to be at my house working, or I like my house. I like mm. being at my house, right? So going out and hanging out with people, I do it like once a month, right? So I haven't gotten to have that experience of of being around people of my community that much right yeah it's that we we've had a brief discussion previously before we hit the record button and I'm just wondering have because you mentioned you've um traveled and you know you've been to different countries and I'm just wondering have you noticed a difference from where you are like country-wise to how you like navigate the world in that way Yes, yes. As I mean, even in neighbor countries, right? So mm-hmm. I grew up in Venezuela, and when I moved to Colombia, the it's it's night and day, right? The difference is significant. Um, even on the legal aspects, right? Here in Colombia, you can marry um, your partner. In Venezuela, that wasn't possible and still isn't possible, right? And here, the the way you uh, people address the LGBTQ plus community, the way they look at you, it's just like another normal person, right? They don't really care, right? In Venezuela, there was that distinction that if they noticed you were gay, they, they were like, oh, but you're gay, right? There's still that that thing. So that the cultural difference is huge, even in neighbor countries. And then when I went to London, the difference is even bigger, right? Because there is like, they are like, I don't know how many years ahead of us they are. And then it's totally different. People don't even bother asking you that or they don't even care about that which is, I think, our ultimate goal, right? That it doesn't matter, right? Your sexuality, that what matters is who you are as a person, right? And the things that you've achieved um, in your career, right? So that was a very good experience. In Mexico, mm, Mexico felt a little more like Venezuela, right? Mexico, I think it's not yet at the point where they can um, 
States, let's say, even though they have like the legal background, same to Colombia, right? They still have that middle ground. It's like the, the gray area where they haven't really uh, accepted it, but didn't want to like attack it. But it's like, it feels awkward. Mm. Yes. I ask that because we have a, a lot of listeners like all around the world. And, well, we have a lot of listeners. We have listeners that tune in from all around the world. Not well, I hope that you have lots of listeners. It's very, very successful, your podcast. Thank you. <laughs> I, I didn't. <laughs> Everyone's hyping us up. <laughs> That's not how I wanted to. Uh, <laughs> but it, it's true. It's true. We've we've definitely grown our reach to many different countries. So, it's And always- it's just important to understand that just because it's one way in one place or even within countries, like one part -hmm. of the country or one part of the culture might look one way. And I think some of it is around just like being aware that the whole world isn't just what we're experiencing. So thank you for for showing Mm -hmm. some of the differences in your experience um, with that. Yeah, you are more progressive than we are right now. There are some progressive countries that also have like parts that are like quite the opposite. Like in the US, for example, you have California, New York, places where very progressive. And then you have, uh, I don't know, Texas, Alabama, where it's like quite the opposite. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. even in Canada, there's you find like divisions in certain areas. And unfortunately, it's hard to go to one country and find like absolute utopia, you know. Well, it's because people have different opinions, right? Yeah. And uh, eventually the right thing, if if one thing is the right thing, eventually the entire society at their pace will move to that direction, right? Just takes time, right? Yeah. And kind of steering in other directions <laughs> again. Uh, well, kidding. this is kind of a, this, this question throws some people for a loop. So take your time to answer if you need to. But what would you say the best part about being you is? The best part of being me? Yeah. That's an interesting question. Because I'm, one of the things that has always been hard for me is to describe myself. I, I know where, what my strengths are and what my weaknesses are. But like describing myself has always been a little hard. Like, for example, I'm a very disciplined person. And uh, I always look at the clock, except a few exceptions like today, where I need to let the clock. But I usually, if you say 11.30, I have like this problem. Maybe it's maybe not a problem, but if you say 11.30, I'm at 11.30, right? On point, right? But the best part of me, I don't know. And for context for the listeners, uh, Isley and I, we've been chatting with Harold for probably like the last half an hour. And I'm not going to influence what you're going to say, Harold. But I think Isley and I can already pick a handful of things that we appreciate and love about you already. So <laughs> it, I, I totally understand. Like, I find it hard to describe myself, too. And I these questions, when people ask me them, I'm like, oh, no, what are you doing? I don't know what to say. <laughs> but it's an interesting question. and and it's. You know, sometimes it's, it is hard to think of it, but um, it's one of those questions, like, even if you don't have an answer to just sit with and like, think about for yourself, you know, and for the listeners too, like, what's the best part about being you? Okay, I think I found it. 
Okay. Tell me what okay. you like most about me. It's um that I uh, first I'm able to talk to anyone, right? And especially people who have different points of view. And my approach is never to impose my point of view, but try to understand that person's point of view and reach a middle ground. I will consider that that's like the best part of me as an arbitrator, right? I have that skill. And that skill has allowed me to, to I think, help people in life, right? For sure, for sure. I think, mm-hmm. that, I think that's the best way to help people feel heard and bridge the conversation, like the hard conversations. Yes. Mm-hmm. Usually hard conversations, my uh, philosophy is, um, especially on very, very delicate issues, right? Or the new issues, right? That people are like re- immediately negatively react to it. Like uh, my parents, for example, they negatively react to the, um, the pronouns, right? They don't like it, right? Mm-hmm. They they have this notion that it's he, she, and that's it. If you're a male, you're a he. If you're a woman, you're a she. If you're a trans person and you're transitioning, that you transition to the new pronoun, and they don't like the other pronouns, right? And they are vehemently refused to accept them. I, I don't use them either, but I, I'm not like that, right? If you want to use them, perfectly fine. I have nothing against it, right? But when I try to discuss it with them, or first when I came out, when I discussed with them my sexuality, Right. I think my position on trying to understand where they came from and then trying to assure them that that wasn't going to be the case allowed them to to be more open to change. Right. Mm-hmm. If I would have been confrontational about it, I think it would have taken longer for them to 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 open their minds and change their position. And what a great skill to have. This I feel like this is just breaking down the barriers of my assumptions of what it was like for a person to be in the tech world. So thank you. <laughs> You're the first person you speak of in the tech world? No, I just, I don't know many tech people. Well, it's we tech people, we hide. That, that's... We hide? <laughs> yes, we hide. It's a strategy. They yes. don't want you to see them. <laughs> yes, it's because also when I, when, um, when I go to interviews like job interviews or when people like when I'm meeting new people, like when I'm single and I want to meet people um, and they ask me questions like, well, can you describe yourself? Tell me more about you. I always use the typical tech way to get away from that answer, which is like, I'm a programmer. If you ask a computer, tell me more about you. The computer is going to give you a question mark. (laughs) (laughs) So imagine I'm a computer and ask more specific questions and they're like, Oh, okay. And then, and that's what kind of happens to me when we are, I receive questions like this. What is your best strength? Like, hmm, error. Uh, the, the loading symbol, yeah. Yes, loading. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's funny. That's a good analogy, though. I think that and helps people, like, know how to ask questions yes. better. Mm-hmm. Yes, because it's a secret that we have, right? When you are in college and you are studying programming, they rewire your brain right? To think of as if you were a computer, right? You spent a whole year having your brain rewired in ways that are entirely different from how normal people think, right? So that you are able to understand the computers and program effectively, right? So then that, of course, changes how you behave as a human, right? (laughs) For sure, yeah. Yes. Look at me. I'm learning new things every day. (laughs) Um, okay. 
So as a person who is gay, what do you wish more people knew or understood? Oh, I was thinking about that yesterday, actually. Um, uh, one of the things that I usually um, think is a misconception as a, for society as a whole is this notion that if you're gay, that is what defines you as a person. And that if you're gay, every other gay person will have the same views than you do, mm. right? Those are the two things that I would like to change, right? For people to understand that being gay is not what defines you and that you can have very, very different points of view. Because if, I mean, gay people are everywhere and they come in every shapes and colors. You can be white, black, Latino, you can be Muslim or Christian or atheist. You can be from any background, right? And so the difference in backgrounds means that you're going to have different points of view, right? The people often just focus on the fact that you're gay and they forget the rest and they expect you to have certain points of view and they sometimes they judge you on those points of view without actually confirming if you have them or not. Uh, so that's one thing that I would like to for people to know and, and, and to change, right? Yeah, I think that's a great thing to echo out there. I think that's so important. I don't know. It, it brings up just being curious and not making assumptions. Yes. So, mm -hmm. yeah, what a good piece of, piece of, um, not advice, but like, I don't know. Information. There we go. Information. <laughs> Informative. I'm hopeful that we'll get there eventually uh, to a point where like, I mean, you never assume something out of a straight person just because they're straight. For right? sure. Because yeah. You just it's ignore true. it, right? You don't really, you don't even ask. You just, oh, what do you think about this? Oh, I think about, this is my answer. Okay, well, you think that because you're straight? No, no one asked that, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel like that would be a, a weird thing to ask, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's, yeah, why why would we ask anyone that? Yeah. Yeah. So in wrapping things up, as we've talked about so many amazing and wonderful things, is there anything else you'd like to share? That is another loading question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's true. It's a loaded loading question. Yeah. Yes. Like, um, can you be more specific? Can you ask, like, more questions? Like, I don't know, something, like, more specific. Yeah, I can, I can help you out with that. Okay. Uh, so I guess, is there anything else you want the listeners to know? But also, is there anything that you want to plug if you want people to find you on social media or if you want to, this is like your now free 15 seconds of fame or whatever it's called. <laughs> oh, well, I, I don't use social media that much. So, but um, as a, like, as a closing statement, yes, I think that what I would like to say is like uh, a politician hat. Uh -huh. um, I think that we've come this far, right. And now our, um, I think, um, what we have to focus on as gay people is to try to protect uh, the freedoms that we've achieved this far and to try to, to break those barriers that are still left, right? To get to a point where our sexuality is irrelevant, right? that it becomes a non-issue, right? And that is a, what I aspire us to be. Right? I would like to be my, my closing statement. That's beautiful. Harold, thank you so much for joining us today. We've really enjoyed hanging out with you and chatting. 
Thank you so much. I'm giving you electric blue right now. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure to be here. You can invite me again whenever you want. I'm available. Yeah, we will. (laughs) All right. And those are interviews for this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed them as much as we enjoyed uh, recording them and meeting all these amazing people. Yeah, it was such an amazing experience and so fun that we had someone, a different person from each country for this (laughs) time. Um, And happy Pride, everyone. We're closing out this month of Pride, although Pride does not end with June. Mm -hmm. Exactly. All year round, um, we're sending out a lot of love to everybody. Um, And also, again, yeah, Pride doesn't end with June. So, you know, continue that great allyship work if you are an amazing ally. So thank you. Um, And thank you so much, everybody, for listening to these and being a part of these. Uh, we want to keep these, um, like the segment going. We really enjoy doing this. So if anybody is a part of the LGBTQ plus community and wants to be in an upcoming episode, um, reach out to us. I will let Aisley (laughs) say the things. So it's open to discussion podcast at gmail.com, or you can feel free to DM us on Instagram open to discussion pod you can also send us an email through instagram as well we have that set up as well so um please 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 if you are interested in coming on to the podcast please get a hold of us we absolutely definitely want to hear from you and let us know how what you thought about this episode um and don't forget to give us a review and rate us on apple Podcasts. follow us on spotify podcasts and Whatever podcasting you use, make sure you click the little follow so that uh, you'll be notified anytime a new episode comes out. And we just appreciate you guys so, so much. Um, yeah. Do you want to take it away with the quote of the week? Yes. So I have a quote right here. And this quote is by Laverne Cox. Beyond truth and trance. One of the big T's for me would probably be trying because at the end of the day, we can think whatever, but it's like, what are we going to do? Because as long as we're trying, I think that goes a long way. So that's for everyone out there, but especially our allies in the LGBTQ plus community. Just educate and try your best and it helps the world be so much better. Mm hmm. Well, thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Um, Tune in next week for another episode. Bye. See you then. Bye.